You're about to listen to a previously recorded podcast valued by growth junkies everywhere. Enjoy. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Welcome, Growth Junkies, to the Growth Junkies Podcast. My name is Ben Bost, your host. And uh, it's kind of interesting that that rhymes that way. And I'm joined with Ken Del Husay. And today we have a really big topic. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about love and the role that love plays in our growth and transformation. Uh, it's out of our introduction in the four dimensions of human health. And for those of you who might be new to the podcast, we are kind of tracking with a curriculum that we wrote called The Four Dimensions of Human Health, a personal development experience. And we're unpacking it for our listeners so that it's kind of neat to have this interaction and conversations that we're doing together to coincide with the printed material people that can that people can access. Mm. And so we're going to look today at the role of love. This is a giant conversation globally right now um, and something that we want to uh, peel back the layers on. We talked a little bit about it in our introduction and our launch podcast, but it is something we will continually revisit and dig deeper on because it's such a big topic. And in our introduction, we, we basically state this. We say, we believe growth is not about becoming a different person. And before we went on the air, Kent, you and I were talking about, uh, isn't growth about being somebody different? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what we're supposed to do is, is morph mm-hmm. and change into this kind of different thing? Well, we're making a statement here that it's not actually about becoming a different person. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. That, I thought that was interesting. We, we've had some feedback, you know, from people who have asked about that. And, uh, you know, we're often taught and led to think that, you know, we're supposed to change, you know, and become somebody else. And so that's actually not what we believe. Uh, we believe that we're kind of designed a certain way and made to be who we are. And there's something good about that. And it's more about leaning into or living into the person you're made to be, designed to be. Right. And so that's a qualitatively different way of looking at growth and development. And so we do believe it's not about becoming um, a different person, but rather becoming you know, a better person. You know, How can you grow into the man or the woman that you're supposed to be? So that drives everything that we're, we're going to talk about here today, um, that it, it's a process. We're all in process of becoming better people, deeper people, um, and as we talked about in the last podcast, smarter people. Yeah, and it says right here, instead, it's the process of becoming aware of who you already are and learning to love well as that person. This is our philosophy of maturity. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that the growth junkies get that from our perspective here at, at LTI is is that's what we believe it is to grow and to mature, is to learn how to love well. And one of the reasons we believe that is because if you think about it, things like kindness or patience or love are things you can actually choose to do. And you can't force anybody to do those things, mm-hmm. right? We actually, we may, we elect to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, like as friends, like I can't force you to love me, Kent, and, mm-hmm. and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. It's something we choose to do for each other. We choose to be patient with one another. Mm-hmm. Those are ways we act it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and that's an important thing for people to get is that's why we believe learning how to love well is what growth looks like. Mm-hmm because it's the kind of things we choose. And we want to make sure that everyone understands where is it that this comes from? Where does our structure for the four dimensions come from? And 
you know, we're not afraid to say or hide the fact that we're followers of Jesus. That's a huge part of our background. And, mm-hmm. and you may or may not be coming from that perspective, which is totally fine. You know, we hope you hang with us and, and enjoy these conversations. But the four dimensions really comes out of a passage, essentially an interaction Jesus had with a lawyer where he was confronted and asked what was the most important thing mm-hmm. in the Bible. He was asked by a lawyer, Jesus, what is the greatest command? And Jesus' response was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's out of Mark 12.30. And that is where we draw the four dimensions. Jesus himself had a structure for how people were to learn how to love. And that is really where this is based and comes from for us, the heart being our emotional center of love, the soul being a relational aspect and faculty that we have, our mind being intellectual, and then the strength being our vocational, understanding mm-hmm. how to live out our design and action. In our home, we talk about love a lot. I talk about it with my kids, and we define it as out of a deep concern for the well-being of another person is to know, want, and do what's in their best interest. Mm-hmm. And so the focus of it, the, the expression of love, really is directed at the other Mm-hmm. You know, it's to love God, mm-hmm. to love ourselves appropriately, and to love others. You know, I think we talked about this in the first podcast uh, about love requires another. It really does. It requires another person. And so, um, you know, you mentioned what Jesus said in Mark 12 about loving your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second part to it is he actually says the second is like it, or it's like attached to it, or it's just as valuable as the first part. So it's kind of a twofold command, and it is to love God, and it says love others as you love yourself. So it presumes that you have a good relationship with yourself, but based upon that, loving other people. So there's this vertical aspect to love, mm-hmm. and there's this horizontal aspect to love. And so there's a phrase that's passed around in churches, it's love God, love others. Like that's mm-hmm. really what this is all about. And we would embrace that and we would say that that's true. Life is about loving God and loving others. But in both of those situations, love requires another. Right. So you need to be able to love and be loved. So you think about love is it's directional. You know, you've got to love somebody and then you need to receive love back. And, and if you get and interrupt that process, that's where trouble happens. That's where heartbreak happens. That's where relationships fall apart is sure. when there's not this mutuality. And so here's the thing about loving God. And this is what's really cool is the Bible tells us that God loves us first. So he loves us and it doesn't matter what we do or where we go. He still loves us. So half of that's already there. It's, it's this act of returning that love and loving him back. And that's the cool thing is like, you know, God sort of waits out there for us to respond. It's, it's like a parent whose kid runs away and, and says, I'm not going to stop loving my kid and hoping they'll show up again someday. <laughs> right. But that's yeah. kind of how God loved us. Right. So yeah. he, he loves us. We know he loves us. The question is, do we love him back? And then how do we love him? Yeah. You know, holistically with our heart, soul, mind and strength. Do we love him with all that we are? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, presumptively is how do we love other people? If you want to be loved by other people, you got to love other people first. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We know living in this world that um, people don't just automatically love you unless you're your mom. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so your moms have to love you. Your mom has to love you because your mom gave birth to you. Right? Yeah. But nobody else has to love you. So in, in, in reality, you're going to have a hard time finding love if you're unable to give it. Right? And this is such a sticky and big conversation. Right? Uh-huh. We're introducing 
or peeling back layers, throwing out this this conversation on love that we want to just have ongoing, mm-hmm. and yet it's gigantic. It feels too big. I, I remember when we started the Love and Transformation <laughs> Institute, people are like, the, the love and what? <laughs> You're going to start an institute about love? Like what? It sounds almost pornographic, yeah. right? <laughs> what, what are you guys doing there? What is this all about? And so yes. part of the problem, Ben, is that when we hear the word love in almost every circumstance, whether it's a movie or it's a poem or it's a song, it's about a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It's it's mushy. It's romantic. And one of our big objectives at the Love and Transformation Institute is to sort of reprogram and recalibrate and redefine what love is, because love seems like all it is today is something that's just romantic. It's something yeah. that's mushy, and it's about love and kisses. It's it's emotional, <laughs> emotional, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's all it is. And yet we know, and we believe, and we will talk about this that love is way more than that, right? Way more. And I think if, as a listener, if you were to take and just reflect or think for a period of time on on this, that stunted growth. If you really have a desire to grow and mature, stunted growth comes from the inability to love well. If you really think about it, if you just stop and reflect in your relationships and the things that you do, a lot of our inability to grow comes and originates at that place if we truly understand what love is. Mm-hmm. You know, As we've said a lot, we need to learn how to think about love differently. Well, that was my experience. Let me speak to that. Yeah. I, I put my hand up. It's up right now. <laughs> yeah, You're talking about me. Um, stunted growth. So that was a big revelation for me is that I feel like um, I went through all the intellectual stuff I could do. I, I went all the way through a doctorate. I did postdoctorate training, and it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I uh, classically book smart, right? So I did all that stuff. But when it came down to it, I, my growth was stunted, not because um, I didn't know enough information. Mm-hmm. It's because I didn't develop internally. Yeah. There was a lot of growth that I wasn't aware of. There was a lot of other areas to grow in that I wasn't introduced to. And it was only in my my hard season of life when things kind of fell apart for me that I realized I had stunted in my growth and I needed to keep growing in a whole new area. So I was introduced to a whole new world. Yeah, It was a whole new world of emotional growth and relational growth. And then we talk about vocational growth. Right. That's all new territory for me. So all of a sudden I realized, wow, there's learning to be had in other areas. Yeah. I can grow still because I kind of felt like, well, man, I got my doctorate. I've done my postdoc. <laughs> what else is there to do? Like, I guess I'm done growing. Yeah. I'm 30 something years old and I'm done. Gr- no, I'm not. Yeah. There's a lot of growing to do. And I think what's happening is people are waking up and realizing that that there's a lot of growing that we can do in other important areas. Yeah. And I think for me, the the way I would describe what happened for me was I didn't really learn how to bond with people very well. Mm. As I matured and grew, like I mentioned in my story, talking about verbal and emotional abuse, and there was a lot of things that I had to go through and figure out and how to do on my own. I didn't really understand how to lean on other people and bond. Mm-hmm. You know, where where you yours was a bit more of coming from an intellectual side mm-hmm. and the reality of having all of that mm-hmm. and and realizing you were still lacking something. Right. Like I was lacking something that I desperately needed inside. Here's where it played out: was in my relationships with girls, mm-hmm. you know, and dating. It seemed like I was always looking for a woman to solve the problems for me, mm. right? To fill a role that was never filled. And you can't look at people like that. No. You know, interesting thing too, further down the line when, you know, Jesus makes a statement about his followers, he says that you will know they're, that they're my followers by their love for one another. Mm-hmm. Right? So if there's anybody out there that professes to be a follower of Jesus, you know, it might be listening to this. 
that is our re- one of our real evaluative places. You know, the ways and depths and the quality at which we love says a lot about who we follow and and, and what we're about. Mm-hmm. You know, this this reality that we do need to think about love differently, and that is something that we want to talk about it in depth because I think about you know the 2016 Super Bowl mm. uh, halftime show when Coldplay uh, was the performers of the halftime show and at the end they're singing the song up and up and Chris Martin adds a lyric right at the end of the song and he's on stage with Beyonce and Bruno Mars and he sings the lyric believe in love and all these cards go up throughout the entire stadium and they spell out believe in love this like global appeal to this sentiment that we supposedly all share Mm. and yet I see that and I go what are we actually talking about like what is this global sentiment that we're all supposed to share that everyone's consistently and constantly appealing to. Like, I don't, I don't know that I fully know what it is. Well, you know, what's funny about that is that all those signs go up around the stadium and I almost presume like they were going to do a kiss cam after that. <laughs> the kiss cam, you know, <laughs> believe in love and let's all zoom in all the couples, you know, making out like that. That's, that's what love is. But here's the thing. I, I think we, we see that the message that was being sent at the Super Bowl was that love is broader and bigger than that. Like love should drive our business transactions. It should drive the things we do every day. It should drive what we're doing at school and at work. It should drive our relationship with our neighbors, uh, parents and children. I mean, love is way more than that. So I appreciated that message. I'm not sure the world got it because they look at something and they go, yeah, I believe in love. And then the next question is, what's love? Yeah, there's this, how, how do we define this thing? I right. mean, it's it's a lot like when we come to the topic of happiness, you know, like how do we, I think we're very uh, ill-informed on happiness and mis, it's a misunderstood topic. Mm-hmm. I think uh, love is very much the same way. I've, I've done a bunch of kind of goofy research on the word love, reading dictionaries, trying to understand these things. Merriam-Webster's online dictionary is really interesting because mm-hmm. it tracks the words that people search. And so I, I got into this and I started every day looking at it for a period of 30 days to see where the words ranked. And the word love is in the top 10 every day. Mostly the top five never leaves it. Mm. But then that dictionary also tracks seven day period and all time. Love, I think, is third or fourth all time. Wow. Searched <laughs> in Merriam-Webster's dictionary. So I'm the kind of guy who goes, if I want to know what stuff means, I go to a dictionary. You know, but we're also in a in a culture that loves to redefine things however we I wish. go to Wikipedia. You go to Wikipedia <laughs> where you can define things however where you wish. Everything is correct. And then someone reliable. will put a citation in and say, <laughs> We're still looking for validity on this right, information. Right. <laughs> but like if you go to just dictionary.com, it says the the first definition of love is a profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person. Mm. Number two is a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection as for a parent, child, or friend. And number three is sexual passion or desire. So here's the thing about that. And I want to say this is all those definitions in the dictionary are a bit, again, romantic and affectionate. And and that's true. Love is affectionate. But what happens when there's no affection? Can you love somebody without any affection? I mean, I think I'm talking to all the husbands and wives who had a fight last night, right? And I'd say there's probably no affection right now. But would you say you stopped loving your spouse this morning since you had that fight? There's no affection. There's no warmth right there, but you still love. How can you love without having any affection or romanticism? Listen, my kids, when they're acting up, you know, I got three kiddos and they act up on a daily basis. They're normal kids. I get frustrated. I get irritated with them. 
But would I ever say I stop loving them when I'm irritated? No. I mean, if I'm not feeling affection or warmth, it doesn't mean I don't love them. So there has to be another dimension to love that's beyond affection and warmth, right? Yes. And this is where the English language is insufficient, Mm. right? Because as we continue through some of these definitions, number six, a love affair. Mm. Number seven, sexual intercourse. Mm -hmm. You do not get another person like in a brotherly affectionate sort of way until you get further down into like verse nine. Wow. It took nine. Nine definitions. Affectionate concern for the well-being of others, the love of one's neighbor. Wow. So that's that's the bottom of the list, but I'd say, you know, with Jesus, it was the number one, right? Number 13, which is really important, the okay. score of zero in tennis. <laughs> now that's the definition of love. So this is, I think this illustrates the insufficiency mm-hmm. really of the English language to help us define this. Like we have one word that talks about everything from a, a friendship love to a love for pizza or the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am a Steelers fan. Uh, don't hold it against me. Or those things that, that we look out to in life or a love for music. Mm-hmm. We got one word. Yeah, you could say like, you know, I love my wife. I love hamburgers. And they're <laughs> both true statements. But are they the same kind of love? No. But there's no other word to choose. Yeah. And right? it creates a lot of confusion, I think. Yeah. So what do we do about that? Well, there's, I, I think, one, the initial conversation is critically important. Yeah. Right, for us to begin talking about these mm-hmm. things and trying to understand what it is that we're trying to produce, mm-hmm. especially if you're a person who says, I want to learn how to love well. I want to learn how to express this. Mm-hmm. Interesting thing about our kids, they go to a classical school, right? Yeah, and right. in classical school, you learn Latin. Mm-hmm. So in the fourth grade year, they, they learn, there's a theme to every year in elementary school. And in the fourth grade year, they learn the four loves in Latin. Four words, caritas, which indicates a, a self-sacrificial type of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, amor, which is a romantic type of love. Affectus, which is goodwill or friendship. And then amicitia, which is like a familial love. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I just was referencing Latin, but the reality is at least Latin mm-hmm. and other ancient languages had more than one word to right. refer to right. different forms of love. We would highly benefit from that in our society with the way the English language has changed, Mm -hmm. it would be incredibly helpful to us. Yeah. It it is actually stunning that with as weird and gnarly as the English language is, and it is, it's a bizarre language, (laughs) ask anybody trying to learn for the first time. It's It's just crazy. But for us to only have one word to express all of that. So like, I love my wife, you know, and I love my kids. I love my neighbor. I love hamburgers. Yeah. And only have one word to use is absurd. I think the only one that we use is like, but like is viewed as lesser. Yeah. So it's absurd that we don't have another way to express this. So what we have to do is sort of qualify what we mean by love. In what way do you love? How do you love? So that's what we've endeavored to do, right? Is sort of dig a little bit deeper and try to explain what we mean by love. Yeah. in, In a very interesting climate societally and culturally. Right. This is the card everybody plays mm-hmm. is, is the card of love. Mm. You know, there's if, if someone feels offended or they feel uh, opposed or anything, then it, it comes back to this issue. Right. Mm-hmm. What we need is more love. That's all. If, if everybody just loved it, we'd be fine. Right. Mm-hmm. This goes all the way back to the origin of the Beatles and music and this Peace message. And love, dude. Yeah, this message that's been communicated throughout society for a really long time. Yeah. You know, a whole revolution, in a sense, started on it. Yeah, and, and love. I mean, I grew up with the term, maybe you did as well, but tough love. Hmm. 
I don't think people even would accept that today. It, like, if you love me, you have to agree with me. If you love me, you've got to basically agree with everything I do, everything I say. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't love me, which is ludicrous. So there's a dimension to love in which loving you, like Ben, loving you or you loving me is, is speaking the truth, right? Yeah. Tell, and, him, tell me I got a big booger hanging on my nose. Like, <laughs> that's loving me, right? Even though it's really embarrassing. Gross. Now, I don't. I want to be that's really clear. I don't. But that's, <laughs> that is tough love, right? Hey, can't your flies down? You, know? <laughs> Th- that you need to do that. And what if I said to you, hey, Ben, you don't love me, man. If you love me, you'd be okay with the boogers hanging on my nose and my fly being down. That's not love. So there has to be more to well, like. Certainly not in your best interest. Not in my best interest. And, <laughs> and if you love someone, you're willing to do the hard stuff, right? Yeah, you're willing to go the distance. I think one of the ways that I've thought about it recently is, you know, especially in our culture, it's if you love me, you know, you'll accept me and allow me to do whatever I wish. Right. Right. And and if the reverse of that, if you don't allow me to do whatever I wish, you don't accept me, and thus you don't love me, you actually hate me. Mm. And, and that may be the exact opposite of the truth. Yeah, and I think yeah. this is this is kind of the complexity and the difficulty that we face today. Right, but there is, and I will say this: that there is a way that you can, um, you know, love somebody horribly. Mm-hmm. So there ha- the, the warmth concept, the affection concept, still needs to exist. Like I think that's really important. That I I can I can love, you know, my kid when they're you know acting up, but they still need to feel that from me. They need to hear the words from me. So. So it's not like one of these is better than all the others. They're all important. They're all really vital. And and so you use the four different Latin words for love. Um, I think we make people feel loved by speaking the truth to them, by doing the hard thing, by sacrificing for them, but by also showing them warmth and affection. Mm-hmm. I think all of those are critical. I yeah. think that's the multidimensionality of love that we're talking about. What we're trying to do is get away from this, this singular way of looking at love as just purely romantic and affectionate. It's more than that. It's sacrifice. It's honesty. It's 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 involvement. It's time. It's energy. It's all the rest, right? Yeah, and also try to bring some clarity, right? In yeah. in a in a sea of confusion and ambiguity, because the term gets thrown out so much, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, what are we actually talking about? And I know that we've mm-hmm. somewhat addressed this, and so that's why in the four dimensions we say, you know, love is is active and structural, providing mm-hmm. architecture to all of life. Like it is something that gets used to uh, develop all of these different areas and create structure. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a blueprint. There's more than than just uh, a romantic emotional expression of it, and yeah. that's where we're pushing kind of toward and helping our at least the growth junkies understand mm-hmm. that this concern for the well being of others that expresses itself in our thoughts and our feelings and our actions mm-hmm. holistically mm-hmm. is something we have to wrap our arms around. Yeah, it's like it's like a um, a skeleton in the body or a scaffolding in a building, you know, it's it's that structure. And so I'd be asking if I was a listener like, so okay, well how do I do that? Like what does that look like in daily life? How is love a structure that I operate out of? It's mm. it's sort of like um a position that you remain in all the time in which everything you do and everything you say runs through a grid. Mm-hmm. And that grid is basically what is the most loving thing to do here? What is the most loving thing to say here? Which may be a hard thing, it may be a really light thing. It could be heavy, it could be light, it could be good, it could be bad. Mm. But the, but the question that you are sort of living in and marinating in and thinking about all day long is, what is the most loving thing to do? What is the most loving thing to say? And that uh, that's, that's one way to look at this in a practical way, that love becomes this grid or this matrix through which we see the whole world. And the truth of what you're saying is everybody is running 
everything they do through a grid of right. some sort. Right. There's some concept mm -hmm. of what it is that they're wanting life to mm -hmm. give them, provide for them. Mm -hmm. And that blueprint informs a lot of it. Yeah. What we believe at the foundation right. informs a tremendous amount right what goes on it, it, it's it's sort of like um you know getting back to your ready position so like i played baseball <laughs> growing up and there's a term they use ready position where you sort of you 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 get down on your knees you put your hands out you're ready for the ball you're looking for the ball and so it's always being in the ready position you know always looking for what's coming anticipating what's happening so it's like we said learning is awareness well that's what this is it's awareness with love. It's looking out at the world, looking out at our relationships and interpreting everything, integrating everything through the lens of what is loving here? What is the loving thing? So it's a posture that we remain in. It's, it's, it's fundamental. It's the, it's the basis for everything we should be doing on a daily basis, starting from this place of being a loving person. Mm -hmm. Is loving, that the goal? That has to be the goal. That has to be where we start. Yeah, and, and we go back to that that choosing of what the grid that we're going to run it through. Mm -hmm. It does begin there, simply choosing to make that the primary emphasis. Mm -hmm. And man, when you make that choice, it does come and become incredibly difficult at times. Right. So our our focus here, our intention in this in this podcast was to, uh, as much as we've been trying to do it, thinking about love differently. Yeah. To, to really sort of deprogram, recalibrate, rebuild. It's deconstructing and reconstructing how we view love. And we have to get out of the mindset that love is simply narrowly a romantic, mushy concept. Yeah. It is a holistic way of looking at the world. It right. is it is a, a position we get into. It is a posture we remain in every day where everything we look at through the lens of love, what is the most loving thing to do, the most loving thing to say in every situation. Well, Growth Junkies, we hope you enjoyed this discussion. One that obviously starts today is not going to end. We will continue to deal with it uh, over time because it is a primary thing. Uh, we've made it the primary emphasis of not only our lives, but of the Love and Transformation Institute. And if you don't have a copy of the Four Dimensions of Human Health yet, you can pick one up on Amazon. Um, also, if you want more information about who we are as an organization, uh, you can find that on loveandtransformation.org. Again, that's loveandtransformation.org. I was your host today, Ben Boast, with Kent Del Hussein, and we look forward to being with you next time.